Greetings, this is Ron Aguilera, and this is episode number 35 of the Pastor's Coach Podcast. I want to thank you again for joining me. If you've been listening for a while, welcome back. If you are a first-time listener, thanks for jumping on. Please uh, share uh, any thoughts that you might have uh, to the email that I will share at the end of the podcast. Hey, so this episode comes from a listener question. I took it actually as a listener frustration with the organizational side of ministry, specifically the church organization this person works for. You can tell there's some baggage in this question. The question was actually a twofold question. And how do we determine when we need policy and when we don't? Well, I want to address these questions this way. Yes, let's acknowledge that dealing with policy and procedure and ministry can be frustrating and can be complex. And yes, let's acknowledge that it can be an obstacle sometimes to the practice of ministry. But more often than not, we underestimate the value and importance of policy. I uh, will refer uh, refer to it as the letter P, uh, the P conundrum, practice, procedure, or policy. Another way I have heard it said, and maybe you have too, is policy, programs, or people, right? Which one gets priority? And using that language, I would go people, programs, and policy, but that's often not the case when you're in an organization where the leadership has a obviously a different uh, viewpoint of how uh, to lead. So today I want to look at uh, this, not so much as a ministry question, but more of an organizational question. Uh, How do you navigate this inside of the organization you work for, whether it's a church or um, an an organization of churches, instead uh, of looking at it as just solely a ministry question? Really, the, the question is, what is best for your church? Specifically, when it comes to making non ministry decisions, is it a practice? Maybe it's a procedure, or maybe it's a policy. Here's my take. When a practice, which is often referred to as polity in church circles, when a practice suffices, great. Uh, Keep it there. Keep it at that level. There's no need to formalize it more. Uh, One of my favorite sayings is, less is more. But when a documented procedure is needed, do that. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I or my church or the people in my church have benefited from a documented procedure because it ultimately has protected us or them. By the way, a procedure is a set of clearly defined and defendable steps to implementing either a practice or a policy. And then... uh, I would save the policy or policies for when a practice or procedure is not enough. Now, we all know that all too often churches or church organizations become policy heavy, and the result is slowed ministry, frustrated leadership, and wasted resources. Yes, we have experience or seen over-the-top policies become red tape and unchangeable, unmovable, so much so that it stifles ministry and ministry progress and frustrates those who are trying to serve in a ministry capacity. And 
they often seem to require more and more personnel to manage, right? That's kind of the worst example of policy when so many additional administrative personnel are added so that a policy which may be unnecessary uh, needs to be managed. And yet, on the flip side, there are, I've discovered, certain policies that uh, we must apply, certain policies that for many reasons are unavoidable. One, they may be required by law, right? Uh, laws are things we should obey. Or they may be beneficial in a variety of ways, including keeping us or those who serve us accountable. Uh, and sometimes they're just simply the best mechanism uh, available in our culture to protect employees. Uh, or uh, at the local level to protect parishioners, especially our children. And yet, many times, churches implement policies when a simple stated practice or a procedure would suffice. So determining whether an issue should have an established and, by the way, stated, clearly stated and posted practice or procedure or policy depends on a couple things. One is the frequency of the occurrence for which it needs to be established, right? So the frequency, the amount of times that you address or need to address the issue. And two, I've often discovered that the size of the organization, the size of the church, determines which is best to practice. For example, uh, large churches may use policies to deal effectively and efficiently with the scope of their work uh, in their church, or even more importantly, in their community, if they have uh, various arms or various ministries that are serving the uh, underprivileged. And, and, and that's one example where I, where I have discovered that in ministering to the underserved. Uh, but beyond that, policies are often helpful in uh, determining who gets to participate in the church in leadership or who even gets to participate by attendance based on their uh, previous decisions and uh, and in what way they may get to participate, right? So those uh, are a couple of examples. Uh, so depending, yeah, on frequency or the lack of, it might not need the same kind of treatment. You might be able to get away with just a practice instead of a policy, uh, the other thing is, when you place policies or, or procedures in a place where practice suffices, it does often lead to frustration or to slowing down the work of ministry. Um, and oftentimes, the amount of time spent in enforcing that policy can be counter, and in the, the way that it's enforced can be counterproductive. So uh, I've discovered that in determining each of those three Ps, um, by, by defining them, it helps us to, to then determine their best use. For instance, practices uh, often serve well by themselves because it's often referred to as what we've often done in the past. Uh, they're presidents, right? They, uh, and they come uh, with the authority that they've done before, or if it's uh, something maybe newer, it comes with the authority of that current leadership. Uh, practices give a sense of direction about an issue, but a practice also communicates that there's flexibility. A practice also communicates that there are exceptions. And so using those in those settings where that is needed uh, is 
the best and most highly recommended. Procedures now occur when less ambiguity is desired, right? Uh, the issue's decision points may have multiple steps, and now you need multiple steps to address whatever needs to be set in place. And procedures also provide a documented uh, process. Uh, documented procedures uh, help to then point back and say, hey, this is what, uh, what we should do moving forward. A documented procedure gives clarity right, about how a decision is made or has been made. And it's helpful for current, uh, not only current, but future use. And it also provides steps on how to get it done without a lot of interpretation, uh, particularly from those who will be involved moving forward. And then policies, they're really more about legal or fiduciary accuracy. Uh, those are helpful, particularly when uh, legal uh, attacks come on the church or persons within the church or work uh, working for the church, employees. Or it addresses uh, an issue that demands a straightforward uh, behavior or outcome. This must happen because of these re reasons. Or it could be uh, the issue happens with a lot of regularity. And so it no longer makes sense to slow the decision down by having to consider the uniqueness of a practice or a procedure. Uh, one more thing. Uh, policies protect the people, especially the decision makers. You know, a policy removes the leader from having to use personal discretion or persuasion in deciding a, an issue, uh, and it protects them um, when uh, there's pushback. Uh, an effective policy, and the key word there is effective, will be right about 98% of the time I've discovered. Uh, there can still be exceptions, but the exceptions to those policies should be exceptional reasons. Um, you know, I've, I've heard it uh, said that, uh, you know, a policy is really best practices discovered over a long period of time. And I've discovered that that is true. But most of the time, it's best to begin with a practice and to use that as long as it's effective. But as a decision point grows, uh, whether um, it's because of the number of factors involved or because of the complexity of the issue, then you'll move to a procedure or to the policy stage. And when you do, you'll have the experience of, of, kind of what content needs to be included in those procedures and policies. You'll have to uh, round that off uh, beyond just previous practices to consider what future uh, challenges may come and how the procedures or policies will affect that. I am pro-policy, uh, but only after I determine a practice or procedure is insufficient. I hope that's been helpful. Uh, it's not the, the most favorite topic for us who lead or for those of us who pastor, but uh, I, I believe that they serve well, uh, these three things, as we navigate the litigious society that we serve in. Thanks for joining me to get today. I want to invite you to subscribe again to the weekly podcast uh, to let others know of this uh, weekly resource. It comes out every Monday. Uh, if you want to contact me, you, you can ask a question, suggest a topic. And if you want to do that, you can email me at thepastorscoach at hotmail.com. That's thepastorscoach at hotmail.com. Again, thanks for joining me. Talk to you next week.